This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nelly. Our guest this week is Jim Bloom, President and CEO of Bayer Crop Science and Head of Crop Protection for the North American region. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. The American Sugar Alliance is a national coalition of sugar farmers, processors, refiners, and suppliers dedicated to preserving a strong sugar industry. Learn more at sugarreliance.org. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Bayer's Jim Bloom next. Sugar subsidies in 120 countries are on the rise and threatening 142,000 U.S. jobs. That's why the American Sugar Alliance is pushing for a global subsidy ceasefire. Their goal is a subsidy-free world market that fosters efficiency. And they know that unilateral disarmament of America's no-cost policy without concessions from abroad will only outsource U.S. jobs and reward foreign subsidizers. The plan is called the Zero for Zero Sugar Policy. You can learn more at SugarAlliance.org. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. This week's guest is Bayer's Jim Bloom, who began his career on a family farm in Iowa and now is a global agriculture leader in the search for innovation for farmers. Following a recent company restructure, Bloom says Bayer is focused on its strengths and well-positioned for growth. Bayer was a, a three-business platform until we divested our building material science business into an IPO called Covestro about a year and a half ago. And that allowed us to focus on life sciences. So we now have three new platforms. One is pharmaceuticals, one is consumer health, and the third is crop science. Then a question as we step ahead. It is said that this is a, a logical step to acquire Monsanto. To continue with the story, uh, our recent focus just on life sciences was really based on the fact that research at the most basic form is at a cellular level now. So we wanted to be uniquely uh, positioned to take advantage of discoveries on a cellular level and take it into the animal health, the human health, or the plant health segments uh, as a unique company in the world that could do that. I noted from a recent story that globally $25 billion would be spent in agriculture technology research. At the stage of crops, where are we now in terms of science? At once it was more seed and then always agrochemical to protect. Where are we now in the stage of, of development that especially complements this relationship that you desire? That's a great question. You know, at Bayer, we consistently spend a little over $1.1 billion on research in the crop science area. And so those are, are constantly looking at all areas of ag. As you know, some of our competitors have focused most of their R&D in recent years on seeds and traits research. Bayer continued to pump a large amount of money into crop protection research, and we're glad we did. We couldn't completely see resistance, pest resistance, as a management need going forward, but we knew that we were global leaders in that area, and someone needed to continue to do that. And so that's why we have the tools on the marketplace today. They're very valuable tools to manage resistance uh, among pests with crop protection or chemical products. We have seen a number of companies sharing sciences and working together on projects. So should we be surprised that the ownership of two companies would complement the process? That's, that's exactly right. We're, we're really excited about 
the opportunity for the future innovation platform that the two companies bring together. Keep in mind that they've been very focused on seed and traits in their research almost exclusively. We're a very strong crop protection company and biologics company, so the two companies have very few overlaps, if any, which is the the the, the shine behind the strategy to put them together. Jim, if you're speaking directly to your customers now, can you take a holistic view of what this means to Bayer and what this means to them? Yeah, certainly. Uh, we are absolutely excited by the confluence of chemistry and biology and data sciences and the opportunity that, that the new frontiers of technology are bringing to us. And so we believe that we, we absolutely can understand and provide the very best environment and the very best production practice and crop input type and timing for a grower-specific hybrid. And that has always been a long-term agronomist dream, and and I am an agronomist, I know that, <laughs> that that's been what we've been trying to do. So this platform will provide us with the information to optimize the growing environment, and uh, the integrating offers will add convenience and, and efficiency to the process. So the the uh, excitement for us in the, in the Monsanto and Bayer proposed uh, acquisition is that we can put those together in a market-leading position and really bring really nice, new, needed innovation to the grower. How is data changing agriculture? How's it changed it from a couple of years ago, and how do you expect the, the data that we're drawing from every from grids inside every field, how is it changing the way we approach the business? Uh, you know, I, I was an old sales rep and used to have to do demonstration plots and yield plots on farms and this and that. The digital... Uh, farming platform where we can know exactly what went into that grid and what came off and yield and the fact that we can prove return on investment on my farm, not just on the farm, but on my farm is exciting to an innovation company because it allows faster and quicker adoption with confidence that the return on investment that we're, we're talking about and expecting from these products can be proven with confidence on a farmer on his farm. And the fact that the tools will make it easier and do the work for him, uh, I think, is a boom for innovation adoption, and we're in the innovation game. So when we think about the soil today, I'm told that the Soil Health Institute is is to soil what NASA is to space. Can we underestimate the microbial activity in the soil and now the relationship of not what's just happening with the plant above the soil, but what's happening in the root system environment and, and the relationship that the two companies might have in, in exploring that area? I, I absolutely agree with that. The soil is one of the new front frontiers, not just making fertilizers work better or easier or uh, figuring out the flora and fauna of the soil, but understanding why microbes are in the ratios that they're in, what's presence, how they do their quorum sensing, how they figure out what is the optimal environment for growth is the cutting edge. NASA is not a, a very far-stretched uh, term to use for that. So I'm, I'm with them. I, I'm excited by it. When we think of Monsanto's ability in genetics and in drawing uh, new hybrids and varieties, how will that complement the work that Bayer is, has provided in chemistry and in crop protection? I think their seeds and traits and their climate platform combined with, with our crop protection products puts together a, really a superior offering for growers. And so 
that's really our, our, our excitement around this deal, and I hope the growers see the innovation and the promise uh, of the research and development. Can the coming together of these two companies be a step towards sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it really does come back to the climate or the digital platform in that we can do sustainable practices, but in the future we're going to have to measure and, and prove and report. And so the documentation of everything in, everything off, uh, the data that comes off of that, and the improvements in sustainability to meet these guidelines, I think is a big part of, of what the future holds for the consumer. When we look at the results of the farming community and the economic state today, especially of bulk commodities, it was reported this past week that one out of five farmers is in a negative profit and loss uh, situation with uh, the commodity market where it is today. Uh, a lot of farmers obviously concerned about consolidation of the business and what this might mean in terms of their input prices. How do you respond to their concerns, Jim? No, we see the same thing. Of course, you know, we're excited to see the big yield numbers come in and unlock the seeds potential for for growth with this new technology. But corn at 350 and beans at what 1025 most recently uh, reflect those yields. But we're excited to see global stocks maybe maybe tapering off. So in that environment, we know current commodity pricing has growers concerned. And it's important for us to understand that and make sure that we earn that business every day. So it's important for us to communicate our value, and our value communication point is, is something we have to excel at. Uh, we've also taken some actions this year. We've, we've actually reduced the price of Balanced Flex, one of our important selective corn herbicides for resistance management. And so we hear that and understand that, have empathy for that, but I think to answer the question about future choice, we, we have to earn that business every year. There's a lot of new technology coming from a lot of different spots. Uh, we're, we're spreading our tentacles to understand that and, 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 and be a part of that as well. But uh, uh, I think the growers going forward will always demand value and will always buy where their needs are being met. Could you, as individual companies respond to the challenges that farmers are having today and will have alone, or will you have to come together to resolve their challenges? You know, we have a 10-year pipeline. It takes 10 years from today to get out there. So we have to invest in innovation every every year so that we have uh, innovation in good years and, and in bad years, quite frankly. So in, in this environment where we have some regulatory headwinds or we have uh, regulatory predictability and timing that isn't always there or regulatory decisions not based on sound science, uh, we have to be large enough and have the scale to withstand that and still invest at this level to have products 10 years from now. So I think one of the reasons you're seeing some of the consolidations in the marketplace would have to do with that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, the patent is only 18 years long, so for eating 10 years uh, of that up, getting through regulatory process, we have to penetrate and move on and be successful quickly. Uh, and we have to weather some stumbles along the way. So I, I think that's the reason you're seeing that. Uh, I don't know where this is going in the future, but I would, I would suspect that both companies would continue to struggle to be able to invest the amount that we need to 
understand that a portion of our R&D expenditures go for new discovery and a portion goes to defending older uh, products with new studies. And quite frankly, that division and spending a little bit more on, on, on studies to, to uh, keep older products in the marketplace is stealing from innovation in the future. And that's also part of this equation in, in the scale definition. In a Senate hearing toward consolidation, I thought your company and others represented echoed a statement of the challenge of the regulatory environment today. Can you give a description of what that's like for a company in terms of dollars and cents and, and time? Yeah, it, it, it's important to be predictable, right? We, we have innovations coming, we have projects coming, and we have to decide which investments we're going to invest in, and we have to put a cash flow schedule together for that. So it's important to be predictable. We've seen global regulatory processes be delayed. We've seen some uh, recently we had an insecticide taken off the market by the EPA that was registered, and uh, it met the, the scientific standards and all of the tests asked for to be on the marketplace. So those are the types of things that, that we're looking at and the challenges that we're highlighting. Uh, it needs to be predictable, and decisions need to be based on sound science. Are the questions that the regulatory process is asking, are they valid? Uh, for the most part, we always agree on the studies, and tradition would say these are the, the studies that we would use for regulatory approval. As new scientific methods come in and new, new processes and new measurements or redefinition of zero comes in, we re-register and we do a, a re-registration eligibility document or a RED to make sure that even older products are meeting current standards. Uh, one of the somewhat concerning trends that we've seen recently was where we used the data from actual monitoring in the studies we agreed to do, and they are put aside in preference for computer modeling. Uh, and that's that's a concern to us, where computer modeling over, overtakes actual monitoring data. So those are the recent trends and concerns. We'll see where it goes. Jim, can you define the amount of time and the amount of money that companies like Bayer now have to spend to register for a process? And, and is that different than, than a few years ago? Yeah, we, we generally use eight years and $150 million for crop protection products and 10 years for a, a trait uh, on the biotech side, and I think $230 million is, or $217 million is, is the price there. Uh, that has gone up with additional requests, but it also goes up with additional time. So uh, replicating studies and, and, and getting one more, one more year of it or sitting on a complete reviewed package and waiting for global uh, approval has, has uh, damaged the economics of the original project scope. Will this acquisition of Monsanto, if successful, will this help you with the regulatory process in the U.S. and around the globe? I think it will give us the scale to, to withstand disappointments or surprises. And that's important, I think, to all companies that you, you can't manage anything. I don't think it will change anything, but it will give us the ability to uh, have the scale to withstand a surprise. It makes me wonder aloud if I hear of two large companies like Bayer and Monsanto that suggest the, the coming together is the right steps towards survival. It makes me wonder in the antithesis of that, can a small company survive in the regulatory environment that we have today and the complex research nature that we have today? 
I think what, what we're looking at is, is the two companies coming together to focus on innovation of new products coming forward, to type and scale and the breakthroughs and the confluence of chemistry, biology, and data services. That type of interesting new frontiers is important to us and for all the regulatory reasons we just talked to. I think smaller companies and startups have a very big part in that, too, because we're uncovering with understanding even more about that hybrid through, through the digital platform of what the right environment, cropping practice, and the right crop inputs and when the timing should be to maximize that hybrid's uh, potential. We're learning new frontiers of technology. As we break down older barriers, we find new ones, right? And so the new startups and the new areas of soil health and the new areas of the microbiome where a lot of these new uh, sciences and technologies and knowledge is coming from are coming from universities and startups. And so I see that expanding as we increase our understanding rather than reducing. Is there an opportunity from the spinoffs of the two companies coming together for other areas of crop protection or seed? You know, it's too early to speculate that. Uh, we're, we're, we are in the middle of providing the data to the to the uh, government to, you know, full transparency and cooperation, so we'll await uh, the, the findings of that and we'll execute appropriately. Jim, this is not the only consolidation that has been in the headlines as late. We also have heard of two other mega-mergers. It appears that they have been tripped up somewhat by regulatory hurdles in the European Union. What process do you expect to, to seek approval to be able to advance the deal? No, we, you know, we're just getting into that, and we expect the, the normal process, and we'll comply with complete transparency and, and make sure that they understand everything that they need to know about our business. But uh, I, I can't think of anything unusual, and we're not expecting anything unusual at this time. Could you share with us how much further do we have to go before you have any hope of seeing this deal closed and done? In a very basic sense, we're looking for really just going through the regulatory processes. So we have very few business overlaps, but we're busy providing data to the regulatory agencies to ensure a, a complete and, and transparent overview. And we're proposing that that may come to a conclusion near the end of the year in 2017. Jim, I want to thank you for being a part of our discussion here on Open Mic. And I would just say that this is an open opportunity and an open forum for you. Thanks, Jeff. Here at Bear Crop Science, you know, despite the, the current climate, this remains the best industry in the world, and never has there been a more important time for us to be in agriculture and to be in agriculture, and I'm pleased to see all of the young people that are increasingly entering into university ag programs. Uh, it's truly a noble profession. So the world needs farmers to be successful, and the farmers need innovation to produce the safe and affordable and nutritious food required to feed our growing world, and it's exciting to be a part of that. This goal requires us to have constant innovation, so we have to invest in innovation at all time, in good times and in bad, so that we make sure we have the right tools for growers available. And Bear is committed to the success of both agriculture and farmers, and uh, I, for one, am, am very proud to, to be in this industry and, and do our part to help farmers. Our thanks to Bayer's Jim Bloom, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. The American Sugar Alliance is a national coalition of sugar farmers, processors, refiners, and suppliers dedicated to preserving a strong sugar industry. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.